When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 66 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. But we got ourselves a special guest, ladies and gentlemen, a little Iowa style this morning. We've got Tony Ramos on. Tony, what's happening, man? How are things in Iowa? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great, doing great. Doing good. How's the doing baby good. doing? You feeding the doing baby? Dad duty this morning. I got dad duty all day. He's doing good. We're just hanging out. He just woke up. Sweet. He's about to watch the Mickey Mouse Club and then eat some breakfast. You can't beat it. That's a day. That's a good start to the day. All yeah. right. Um. So Tony, you've uh obviously the the debate, the discussion, whatever you want to call it, the folk style, freestyle. Uh, it's been going on before Worlds and and then since they've ended. And um, it, you said, um, you know, you've got some thoughts on the matter. And you're, you're an interesting case because you are one of the guys who transitioned straight out of the college season and, and made the world team. Um, so you have a unique perspective on this. And I have no idea. Willie has no idea what that perspective actually is. So we're going to be, uh, which is the best part, we're going to be surprised. So, uh, Tony, feel free, take it away. What you got for us? All right. Well, first I want to start off with, you know, thanking people like A6, um, Flips Wrestling, Compound, Danmar Warrior, Pristine Hydro. Uh, those are my sponsors, guys who make what I do possible. And, you know, being able to just train and wrestle and not have to worry about anything else. And that's actually going to lead me into one of the first, you know, my two thoughts on this whole freestyle, folk style uh you know, kind of rant that you guys are talking about. Um, the first thing I want to say, though, is this is just my opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's wrong. But this is how I see it. Um, and I'm not trying to argue with anyone. I don't think that we need to get rid of folk style in America, change the NCAs, the freestyle, you know, that whole approach. Um, I didn't listen to the Ben Askren radio live, but i seen some of the tweets. And I kind of think this might be one of the first times where me and Ashkin might agree on something, which is probably <laughs> shocking. Yeah, uh, it is. But I seen that he said, you know, it's kind of like saying, do you like brunettes or do you like blondes? You know, a single leg's a single leg, a double leg's a double leg, a high crotch is a high crotch. There's a million ways to defend him. There's a million ways to finish him. And it's wrestling. On the other hand, though, I think – you know, in, two, in 2012, on February 12th, everyone knows what happens. I know what, exactly when it was because, you know, that was my birthday. I woke up. Mm-hmm. I was having text messages saying happy birthday. And another one that said, hey, oh, just so you know, wrestling's not in the Olympics anymore. Yeah. And that was a big blow to a lot of athletes. But at the same time, I think it was a, not only a, a wake-up call for FILA, 
that they needed a reboost and for USA Wrestling. Um, but I think it was a wake-up call for people who had money, who loved the sport of wrestling, and wanted to start dishing money back into the sport. Um, and now that's, that's going to get me to, I said in my tweet that the solutions already happened, and people haven't noticed it yet. It's, it's something that's going to take time. You know, one of the things was is back in the day, guys who wanted to compete and keep on wrestling and keep training for the Olympics, they had to be assistant coaches. They had to have a second job, things like that, to help supplement their income. Now we're getting, you know, I don't have to go and coach as an assistant at the University of Iowa. I get to spend 100% of my time focusing, you know, on wrestling, on training freestyle, on winning medals, um, gold medals especially, because, you know, that's what I strive for. Um, you know, there's going to be some of those guys that can skew that curve. Like, you know, you have a Jordan Burroughs uh, who was, you know, came right out of college and I and was winning medals, but he was training full-time. You know, some of our best guys that are winning medals and coming right out of college, James Green, Kyle Schneider, they were training full-time. They didn't have any other obligations to worry about or things to do. And that comes from people like, you know, Don Bashada, who's with Flips, Cliff Ratwell, Compound, who put together this company now, who are giving us money and letting us just be able to focus our full-time on training and going out and competing. Yeah. Um, That's a really good guys, point. I don't know no, how I think you guys feel really about point. that. I, I, to be honest, I, I haven't – I didn't think of that. And I, don't, I didn't know that anybody else brought it up. Christian, have you heard that? No, no, and I think it's, I think it's accurate. You know, so many – you're right. Once you're done with college, you have to go be an assistant somewhere and work your way up the line. And it's, it's tough to do. Um, and I still think – you're right, Tony – it's excellent for you that you don't have to. And to a smaller degree, I think it's starting to be guys can just train and train and don't have to worry about coaching. It's not there all the way yet, but as the, the sport continues to grow and more money comes into the sport, it's going to be more commonplace that, you know, uh, a guy like Jordan Burroughs might not have to be an assistant coach. Well, yeah, well Jordan Burroughs isn't anymore because he said right. it was too time consuming. Right. That's the year he was a coach, he took third in Uzbekistan. Yeah, yeah. So that's it, a very good point. And then, but therein lies the problem, right? Um, Jordan Burroughs takes the, uh, you know, uh, officially takes the job at Nebraska. He says it's too time consuming. Um, he can't focus on training as much as he would like to. Um, so he, he he doesn't he doesn't take that job. Uh, you know, he he gives up his his position there. Mm-hmm. But um, in the past. You know, Jordan Burroughs in a unique position where he has a lot of marketing deals. He, he has a lot of endorsements. And we're starting to see that more and more. Oh, um, yeah. And I think you're, I think you're 100% right. We, in the past, they had to take these jobs. They had to sacrifice their training um, for the sake of paying bills. Yep. And, you know, I've heard stories of people doing that. You know, um, Home Depot used to have the, uh, yep. the Olympic athlete, you know, program where you could work yep. part-time there and go and train. Um you know, and I think the only way that this is going to get better, and if people, you know, in America want to see, you know, wrestlers winning the world championships, pull out your checkbooks, help out. Um, you know, if you have the money and you own a big company, find an athlete you like, find an athlete that you 
can, you know, shape maybe your brand around and give them that opportunity, you know, market them, do things like that, help them, you know, while they're helping you at the same time. Um, I agree a hundred percent. You know what we, we see, um, after the world championships and, and I will say it's getting better. You said it's getting better too. It's there's, getting way there's, better. There's more opportunities. There's more marketing. People are doing things. Uh, not only, not only a guy like Don Machado or Milwaukee tools, um, who are, have businesses, but wrestling, um, but are wrestling aficionados that are putting money into athletes and allowing them to train. Um, but also, you know, guys like Novogratz that mm-hmm. are supporting supporting those things. Um, mm-hmm. But Andy you know, Barth. and I know you've been vocal. Yeah, Andy Parth. I, I know you've been vocal about this too, Tony. Um, is that you know there isn't a lot of money, and what, like what, sometimes we have these we have these events, and we try to pay athletes. We try to prop them up a little bit as best we can, but like. Uh, Russia doesn't have that problem, right? We we just saw them. We just they have they have money people that fund their program, and we just saw like um, T.R. Foley came out with an article that uh, this mailbag thing that says what some of these athletes are getting. The Mongolian, well, the Mongolian that... women got these. Um, Azerbaijan got these things. Um, so the, the more money invested into our athletes, the better. Yeah, and that's where I was going next. Was that article? You, you know, you guys already had that way. You beat me there. Um, you see the, the money that these governing bodies are putting into the athletes and wrestling, and these guys have nothing to worry about. You know, there's no financial stress. Um, Erden by, you know, got a three-bedroom apartment, a mm-hmm. half a pound of gold. Um, <laughs> you know, they're getting crazy amounts of money from their governing body, and that's kind of an area that I said I was going to try to stay away from. Um well, yeah, Tony. I'm not Tony doesn't want to. You don't want to offend say anybody. What we, but, what we get from USA Wrestling, but you know, if someone wanted to research it, it's not too hard to find out. And yeah. you know, back in the day, USA Wrestling was around. They were giving their guys their stipend. It hasn't changed since then, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough where these guys didn't have to go out and get these supplemental jobs. And so, you know, while while we're, I think Tony's like to make Tony's point very clear. While me and the rest of the wrestling community are fighting on message boards, fighting on Twitter, saying this has to change for our performance to get better, this, that has to change, we need to go to this, maybe even go to freestyle and NCAAs, Tony's saying give us the opportunity to, to train and focus solely on our craft, and therein lies where our, our, our results can get better. Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then my other point is, you know, another thing that we need to look at, and I asked you guys to send me the, you know, the results for cadets, juniors, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Back when I was growing up, you know, I went cadet, uh, FILA cadets three times. I never once had the opportunity or even asked to, if I wanted to go and wrestle in a cadet tour or a cadet world championships or a cadet world cup. I know they didn't have the world championships back then, but at the same time, there was some type of uh, unofficial, mm-hmm. you know, world mm-hmm. championships. Mm-hmm. These guys are getting their hands on those types of opponents, those types of fields at younger ages. If you go back and look at my 2009 junior world championships when I took fifth, who took first place? 
Azgarov? Rahimi. Or Rahimi. Who, uh, who took second place? I don't know. Aware from India. Who uh, ended up fifth on the other side with me? Who? Kishnevili from Georgia. Wow. Who was third? Wow. Lebedev from Russia. All these guys. Yeah, and they're still, they're still, still the hammers. There, and now that I'm competing with, and there was that big lapse when they were all wrestling together, getting their hands on each other. You know, now I'm not saying catch up, but finally getting to right. So there was a big. Those, those guys have always been hitting each other, and there was a big gap where you didn't really have the opportunity to hit them. And you know, I uh, I used to work with a former Hawkeye, uh, Ray Brinzer, mm-hmm. and at the time when I was was working with them, um, I said, you know what. How come? How can we make our our? Um, why are we lagging a little bit on the senior level? And he's, and he said, you know, like Ray was Ray was world class at you know, cadet and junior age, and he was like, man, when you know when I was a kid, we had the, we had this tour de Mon thing, and we went all to all these countries, and a lot of athletes had the opportunity, um, to compete overseas, and and not just at world championships, but um, to train with them, to just train in a room with them. And then mm-hmm. to compete in some tournament that you know wasn't the world championships, and he's like, we got away from that, and, and uh, I don't know if it was a funding thing, I don't know what it was, but it seems to be coming back a little more, and but just not the world championships. I think we should be sending guys overseas to clubs and stuff like that, like yeah, like you're saying. And I think you know, I'm, I think it was a thing where USA Wrestling didn't want to spend the money on the cadets, the younger guys, uh, maybe thinking you know why are we gonna waste our money on them when we can spend it on the seniors um and at the same time you know, promoting for even the junior world championships or to go and wrestle in the junior world team trials wasn't as big as it is now when i was going through mm-hmm. uh, well we i'll tell wrestled, you this too we wrestled I'll tell you this too the, tony oh, go ahead. We, uh, over there when i was at the even the cadets right yeah. um the the there was m- multiple countries that were asking Yanni when he won cadets how much he got paid, and Yanni's response was, Yanni's response was, I had to pay like twenty five hundred dollars for this trip. Exactly. You know, I mean, these kids they don't worry about that stuff. They're getting it from day one, um, but we can't do that here, and that's part of being the amateur status, and we all understand that, and that's okay. I mean, these guys are willing to spend the money. Just give them the opportunity. Mm. Yeah, man. Thought-provoking stuff, but Tony, you did wrestle as Garoff somewhere on the like junior level or something. Am junior, junior uh, World Cup. Okay, and that's that was in college. You know, I had an. Those were the only two times where I really had an opportunity to get sent over somewhere, when I was, you know, before I entered the senior level. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, thought-provoking and and uh, it, a lot of it makes sense, you know, and yeah, um, I I think it is good and Tony, you hit on it that we are seeing these young kids getting more and more opportunities. And I've, I 100% believe we're going to see it trickle up, I guess you could say. Well, in, and, into the senior and that's, level. that's what I was saying. It's already happened. We just haven't seen the results yet because it's only been what, four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to start seeing them soon. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I mean, us, us senior guys, we got to be ready to go because these young guys are going to be coming up for us. Yeah, and Kyle you know? Snyder's probably a, the he'll, he's the first example of a guy who's come up through that kind of the age level wrestling, wrestling at Junior Worlds, winning mm-hmm. it, 
and then wins a wins a senior world title. Um, yeah. You with Tom and Terry there at Iowa, they're guys that have kind of navigated the the sponsorship and the training, and kind of, they've seen a lot. And they probably have a lot of experience. What what have they said to you about you know the this situation, I guess, and and basically what we're talking about? We haven't talked much about it. Um, you know, I don't know really where they would fall on it. I think they don't think we need to switch folk style and freestyle. Mm-hmm. I think they're on the same page with me as, you know, wrestling's wrestling. There's plenty of different ways to score, ways to defend. It's just about knowing every, you know, on a single leg, I got to keep my hand above the knee. I got to keep my head tight and it takes away a ton of, you know, different things he can do. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I've never really touched on it too much. Yeah. With, um, one, uh, one other thing, Tony, I encourage you, I, I would love to get your thoughts on, on this rules video. I'd love to see you watch it. I'd love to watch it with you actually and see your reaction, um, for this, the, the push out, step out, the kind of the change that are going to be made there. Do you think it, it would be good for NCAA wrestling to go to a, a push out? Um, well, first off, I haven't seen this video. I've just been hearing crazy things about it. Um, I think they should adopt the step out rule. You know, it's going to take away all the subjectivity of who is pushing, who is backing up, who is doing this, who mm-hmm. is doing that, because now you're going to start getting into, all right, you're going to get a guy to push the guy all the way to the edge of the mat, and right before he goes out, he's going to take a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you call that? Right, right. Um, exactly. Yeah, there is a lot of subjectivity <clears throat> there. Well, and and uh, Tony brings up a good point, too, is that um, a lot of rules, and, and whether it's in, in – I don't care if it's in wrestling, if it's in freestyle, if it's in folk style, if it's in basketball. Tony brings up a good point in that every time you change a rule, you not only have to think about um, the consequences of black and white, like the rule changes to this. You have to think about the athletes gaming the system, <laughs> yep. gaming the new rules. Well, you're going you're gonna to get some guys that will back all the way to the edge, and then as soon as they get on the edge, they're going to wrestle hard and – where it looks like you're pushing them out. Yeah, exactly. There's a, there's a lot of unintended consequences of the rules. I think we're gonna get to that a little more. Tony, we we appreciate you coming on. You got anything else for us? Yeah, I got one more thing. Make and, it you know, happen. If, if you're a big wrestling fan and you're not there, November fourteenth for uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the grapple on the gridiron. You know, there's something wrong with you. Tickets went on sale today. Um, we already broke the website, the Hawkeye Sports website. They're having trouble. <laughs> So I think it's going to be a great event. Uh, big, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to sell it out, but that'd be awesome. I mean, oh that, you know, that stadium holds seventy-five thousand, but uh, be it's, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, how are the how are the Hawkeyes looking, Tony? They're looking good. I'm excited. We got a. I mean, we we graduated a couple guys last year. Um, I wouldn't say a young group, but a younger group. Mm-hmm. Um, some new faces that are going to be in the lineup. Uh, the incoming freshman class been working hard. You know, they're they're heading in the right direction. So I'm excited to see what these guys are going to do the next couple of years. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about that dual meet already, who's going to win and who's going to lose. Um, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, we're we're excited too. I think it's a great – I think it's going to be great for wrestling and 
I don't know yeah, if so, I'll, I'll be able to be there or not, but I know wherever I am that day, I'm going to wish I was at, at Kinnick Stadium. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks for bringing that up, Tony, as that's a, that's going to be a great moment. And we appreciate you coming on and uh, hope to have you on again another time, Tony. Awesome All right, stuff, thanks. Tony. Hey, thanks, Tony. Have a good one. See ya. Tony Ramos, 52-time world team member, NCAA champion, Iowa Hawkeye. Smart dude, good dude. And um, – Good, good, good stuff, and I, he, he what, brought up some very, great points. Very, very enlightening. I, I have not thought about that, and I have not, I have not um, heard anybody talk about that. And what a great point. Yeah, yeah, these guys aren't uh, – yeah. It's, it's, if you can just focus on – maybe not just focus on freestyle, just focus on training in general. If that's your singular focus, it's going to take Well, like far. I said, like I said, all the talking heads, including myself – have been going round and round about, and and it's all out of passion, right? Like um, everybody that's talking about one, doing one thing or doing the other, it's all about, man, we want the United States to have better results. Yeah. And we've been getting really complicated with it. We've been getting really in the weeds with it. And this would help and that would help. And this is why, and that's why. And maybe it's as simple as, our senior level athletes have to go to work somewhere and after work they have to put on their gear and train instead of training full time and focusing on nothing but wrestling and and other countries do it other, other countries have the system where that's 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 the case right okay um enough about that willie we got to let's go straight into it so so christian and i are chomping at the bit about NCAA new rules and a new rules video that we are in agreement is gonna be a disaster. Disaster to the nth degree. And we we did an FRL right before the World Team Trials when these kind of got announced, and it became worse after seeing the video for me in terms of what what the results are gonna be. And it's all about the the unintended consequences of it and it's it's tough to know where to start and the way uh the video is on flow wrestling it's on the home page and i i went through as a courtesy because i love you guys and and kind of gave you when they talk about the different things so it's easy to kind of navigate because it's a 47 and some odd uh minute video yeah it's long and not very entertaining it's uh well agree to disagree there um, you think that video is entertaining? I I was thoroughly entertained. I mean, uh, be, not because <laughs> it's entertaining because I it's important to me and it's like preposterous some of it. Some of it's some of it's good and some of it I really disagree with. Um, but let's get with the worst thing ever. This new pseudo not step out. We can't do the push out, so we'll make it something that's kind of like it. So here's yeah, just. just to note, the video's on flow right now. Yeah, I so, might have said that 30 seconds and, ago. And you did say that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, the good part is you marked it. Right? Oh, yeah, and I also said that. So anything else we that. can say? Should we just uh, replay the Tony <laughs> Ramos interview and just do this everything twice? Um, just just listen. Hang with me, Willie. Um, I'm checking tweets. I, well, listen. Listen, I need you. I need all of you. Um, Multitasking. This edge wrestling stuff, okay, they don't want to do a push-out rule. They're adamant about that. No push-out. Push-out's bad. They okay? say it in the video, like, verbatim. We do not want to push-out videos. So we're going to do this, guys. 
if someone goes out of bounds, we got three options. We can say action, okay, which means no stalling on anybody. We can go stalling on the guy backing out, okay, because he didn't make a, a strong enough effort to stand the mat, or um, stalling on the guy pushing, okay. Here's where, yeah, it sounds great. You don't want guys doing the straight arm shove on the edge of the mat. When you watch this video, guys, and you see what they are considering stalling on the pushing guy, it is going to break your brain, okay? It really is. The guy, all right, whistle blows, we tie up, okay? You can, we can all visualize this, all right? I'm taking ground and going forward. You are backing out of bounds. Uh, maybe you're trying to circle in, maybe not. It's kind of hard to tell. Regardless, you go off the mat. I've, quote, pushed you off the mat stalling on me so yeah. and they show videos that basically they look identical but one is stalling on one guy and one is stalling on the other well that's that's a thing and christian watched this video before me and he's explaining this to me and i'm thinking yeah that's probably going to be a little fuzzy and then i watched the video for myself and i'm like uh this is a disaster they look exactly the same how can you tell who's whether a guy's pushing or pulling if we're tied up and one guy you know we're moving it's you can't say which came first the chicken or the egg there you can't really tell it's so incredibly subjective i mean there there's a there's a clip there's a series of clips where they are literally from the whistle they're on the line the referee blows the whistle one guy moves forward 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 until they reach out of bounds and they call the guy moving forward for stalling. They call him for stalling and they show the videos, both the demonstration videos and then they use actual like NCAA footage. Kyle Crutchmer brings Logan Storley completely to the edge, out of bounds, and Storley's kind of trying to circle in. That would be stalling on Crutchmer? Like, well, how did they get to the edge, guys? There's a guy backing out. It's not like it's... <laughs> It's, it's going to be a disaster. It's not, you cannot call it the way they are suggesting to call it. NCAA Rules Committee. There's, it's there's not also, too late. It's not too late, guys. Yeah. To fix it now, because I'm going to tell you what, this has disaster written all over it. We saw this coming in, whatever, June, May, whenever it first when came it out. Good. This is going to be bad. But now seeing, seeing it, how they're going to call it, w worse than I could have actually imagined. Rules Committee, there is still time. To rectify this, yeah. it's going to be a disaster if you let this go through. Um, and, and Christian, there's also clips where the guys are wrestling. They might be on their knees taking shots or whatever, like about three feet from the out of bounds. Then they get to their feet, and one guy takes one step, and the other guy goes out of bounds, and they're calling stalling. I mean, they're not taking one step is not stalling. Yeah, I, it's just it's going to be a mess. And, and there's you know one. What? There's one that you can't pull the guy out of bounds. There's a clip of Jimmy Goulibon in on a shot on Mason Beckman. Mason Beckman, this is from the NCAA tournament, Mason Beckman has a whizzer, and he whizzers, and that is supposed to be indicative of Mason Beckman pulling Jimmy Goulibon out of bounds, and Mason Beckman should be called for stalling. This is, that was a crazy one because um, they say, like, this one's pretty cut and dry. This is clear here. <laughs> so, but they proceed to have no demonstration video of any other instance of it. They use that one clip of Mason using a whizzer, and they're like, well, yeah, it's clear. He's pulling. He's using a whizzer. Like, he's defending what? a shot. Jimmy is pressuring in. 
because he's trying to get in better position to finish. So oh, it's it's yeah. it's it's crazy. And there was one instance too. Like I said, when you have you have got to watch the video. What we're saying here can't really do too much you can't justice, do it justice because when Christian told me, I thought, yeah, that sounds bad. But you, when you see it for yourself, you're gonna be like, this spells trouble. Apocalypse. Um, and. And there was even one instance in that video where they say, okay, this new rule, rule 9.15.17.A, um, we, we don't have any clips of this because, you know, we just we couldn't find footage of it. Like, what? what? <laughs> if you couldn't find it, then maybe it's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, maybe not a problem. If you can't find it in all of the videos of NCAA wrestling, maybe it's not a problem. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a, a huge 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 problem and i don't know how you fix it um you know and here's the thing willie and this is what i was going to say the officials are so adamant about not calling stalling and they want everything black and white and everything they have made oh their job so much harder by being so stubborn about this stuff and well, just not calling stalling just call stalling just call stalling. If you don't know, like the the the, uh, the impetus behind or, or the reason behind the the drop the down not, rule, the not the not calling stalling, right? All of a sudden, two or three years ago, referees said we are not calling stalling, and they even put it in the rule book that you don't call stalling, basically, because they want to leave the referees on the hook, off the hook, and they don't want they don't want um, the, to decide matches on stalling calls, and they don't want um, they don't want subjectivity, and they don't want coaches yelling at them. Um, this could all be circumvented by having a backbone. If you don't know what stalling is, get out of the game. Stop officiating. Um, that that's point one. Point two is, if you are putting all these, if you're changing up the stalling rules two years ago in writing and in fact. Because you don't want subjectivity. All you did with this video and these new rules is create massive subjectivity. Yes. That's... And when I'm watching, when I'm, when I'm listening to this video and I'm watching the clips, I'm saying to myself, well, these are just, these are just excuses. These are just uh, remedies because they don't want to put it on the push-out rule. And then they say verbatim, the committee adamantly uh, – rejects uh, 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 implementing a push-out rule. Just just put it in. Just put you're, you're creating all these things to not have a push-out rule when a push-out rule will be cut and dry, black and white, no subjectivity, and, and save yourself a lot of headaches. Yeah, because they just, they just gave themselves some giant headaches trying to figure out um, what, what is stalling and what isn't because there's no way you're going to be able to tell with some of these. I mean, how many matches do we see a guys get tied up, guys back straight out of bounds when they're tied up? That's going to be stalling on the, on the quote, pushing wrestler, guys. It's, if you go back, I, I encourage you guys, you know, you should always be watching, watching some wrestling, but watch some college matches. We see it 10 times in a match. And they're going to have to call someone for stalling, and it's going to – you want to talk about not wanting to impact matches, not wanting to influence – They that's all they're going to do. If they call it as they do in this video, all the officials are going to be doing is calling stuff like this. It, and Tim Shields, the official in the video, like he'll, he'll say several times when he gives a demonstration, he goes – 
In this case, the official must call Stalin. Well, if you must, then we're going to see it, and it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, and there's going to be some refs that are like, come on. They're, they're not going to want to call it because maybe they recognize how infinitely stupid it is, and then, but they're not, they're not enforcing the rules the way they're supposed to be. So it's, you're screwed either way. That's why it's, it's going to be a as mess. A, you know, as us wrestling fans who's, who've watched wrestling forever, when, when me and Christian go in the center of the mat, we shake hands, and I push, and I, and I take ground, and I take ground, and I move forward looking for a shot, looking to create something, and Christian goes out of bounds, everybody in the arena says stalling Christian. According to this video, it's stalling on me. That's how I'm going to beat you, Willie, when we finally have our showdown. I'm just going to tie up with you and pull out of bounds, but you're not really going to be able to tell. You know, it's amazing. And here's the thing, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I have a big mouth and I like to say what I think is right. No. Like, I, I, I think this, we need this rule, we need that rule, and wrestling can't do this, and wrestling can't do that. All right? Let me be not so arrogant and say, uh, I can get down with rules. Okay, if, if I disagree with a rule, I disagree with a rule. I'll be vocal about it and say I think it's stupid. Um, however, at least when I disagree with rules, uh, at least they're clear and I understand it. If you watch these videos, you cannot make heads or tails of it. You cannot understand the clips they show of the, of the person that backs out of bounds and is called for stalling. And the video that they show of the person pushing out of bounds and is called for stalling look like the exact same thing. Yeah, you got to watch this one, the Sertz's Habit one at 33.54. It's, he shows the exact push out that they said was stalling on the pusher. They're calling it on on Habit. Like it's so, uh, there's such identical situations called completely differently. And, and another thing, everyone talks about Freestyle's about, you know, whatever, exposure and technique, and folk style's about control. It's about control. Folk style, well, what about controlling the center of the mat? Controlling right. where your body is in space. Controlling uh, your body to stay oh. in bounds. Where, where's the control there? Why is there no, um, why is it not on the wrestler to stay in bounds? Controlling his body and staying in bounds. So I reject the premise that a guy that, ties up with you if i can get inside control on willie sailor and move him where i want to move them right. him that i'm controlling him the failure is on you willie if you go out of bounds because i'm pushing or not pushing i, I don't care i'm controlling you so 100 percent agree and uh, as a footnote uh you see that you've seen that sentence a lot in the past two weeks freestyle is about technique folk style is about control i don't buy it for one second that's it's a cop-out to let folk style be boring yeah yeah control uh, i mean i don't i don't even want to get on a riding time rant i don't even want to i don't even want to go there it's a no but it's okay a who, gets called, who gets called for a passive not the guy controlling the center of the mat i mean don't tell me it's about control yeah. don't tell me different sports it's ridiculous and actually it's interesting this is diametrically opposed to freestyle where if i have my back to the center in the ties i'm doing the right thing in freestyle and i'm gonna get that guy uh, put on the shot clock. Whereas if I put you to the edge or even out of bounds, um, I'm gonna get warned. So it's it's uh, it's a step away. When I think we need to get, I'm not saying we should go freestyle. I would love it, but I'm not gonna say we should or that it's the big problem. But I'm not gonna get into that. But we shouldn't go away from it. 
We shouldn't reward um, not controlling I'm, the center. Right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, Tony Ramos has made me rethink a little bit. Um, because, you know, when I preach, when I, when I preach uh, or suggest that maybe we should go freestyle at the NCAA level, um, I, it's with a little bit of an agenda. It's, it's with the agenda that I want to see our, or the USA senior team and the juniors um, be the best we can on the world level. Um, and maybe Tony's on to something. Um, but in saying that, for us to really, for us to keep folk style in NCAA and be conducive to freestyle, if you want to keep folk style and still be conducive to freestyle, the rules have got to be different. Yeah. Because it's just so foreign. They're getting to be, they're getting to be such a different thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it's you know I'm not putting down I'm not putting down folk style. It's like in the last couple of weeks, probably on the radio show and on Twitter, uh, you know, it probably sounds like I'm really coming down on folk style. Now let's remember, um, three years ago I was really coming down on freestyle. It's it's the change in the rules and it's change in the product and it's change in the wrestling. Um, I, I don't have any inherent bias against folk style or any any um, allegiance to freestyle. I, I, I'm I'm talking about what I see and what I like and what I think's best for the sport. Um, so, you know, if folk style would make some different rules to make a better product, to make a better competition of who is really the winner and, and um, based on skill, uh, I have nothing wrong. I have no qualms with folk style staying at NCAA level. Yeah, it's just it's gotten to be a bad product. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think there's so many unintended consequences. Uh, we really listening to us talk about it is not going to be. It's not going to help. Uh, it's not going to give you the full picture, as Willie mentioned. So watch it. Uh, there's more things to get to, Willie, uh, from this video that um, I think are important to discuss. Well, you know what? I'm really, you know, uh, this is one instance. Um, where I, I really want the fans to, to – I, I want to see the fallout from this. Yeah. You know, we're doing the show. We put the video up. Um, I mean, the video has been on YouTube. Um, but I think with the show and, and putting it on Flow, that it will gain a little – get more eyeballs on it. So I want to see the fallout. I want to see what people think. I can't imagine that they're going to have any um, anything to say uh, – yeah. With I, a whole lot of difference to what we've said, but, man, I'd like to get this resolved. I'd love to hear it defended. Um, uh, additionally, there's some changes that are good in there. Uh, one, the uh, basically it's a, the Ian Miller-Brian Rebuta situation. You're allowed now as a coach to approach the table um, and, and get without challenging and get the score, timing, all those issues sorted out without having to um, – you know, do a formal challenge, okay? Which is what we said should be the case when, when everything happened. And though the uh, the tournament committee guy tried to act like that wasn't a good idea, he uh, it looks like they came. I mean, that guy. That was a disaster. That, that was what a disaster he was, and the committee for sending him out there, clueless about um, the precedent. The precedent for wrestling backs. Um, that that was terrible, terrible, terrible. So they 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 addressed that. And another thing they did is the committee which who ultimately ruled that 
Brian Rubito was the winner, no longer has that power at all, which is probably good um, because they obviously can't handle those types of situations properly. But um, it, it basically, if you leave the mat, the result is the result is the result. There's nothing changing it. Uh, and that's fine, I suppose, with um, with these stipulations now now implemented. Yeah, uh, maybe. Listen, they didn't allow Kent State to plead their case on the mat. They <laughs> true. They told them, they told them <laughs> true. to get. They told them to get away. They told them the score was right. Score's right. Done. It's over with. Oh, excuse me. We want to protest. Too bad you left the mat. They told us to leave. Uh, idiots. Yeah, don't. Every time I try, I try to put that behind me, Willie. I can't. It, it was terrible. Um, some other like kind of fun little tidbits. That this rules video was hating on some Minnesota wrestlers. Logan oh, yeah. Logan was in there sixteen <laughs> times. They put the oh Dardanes brothers back to back. If you're Minnesota, for... you got to be upset about. And the funny thing is. The funny thing is, the, it was filmed in Augsburg's room. Oh, yeah. Which That's... is right next to Minnesota's room. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, like, they put in these clips of Story. Logan Storley backing off the mat 15 times and the Dardanes brothers back to back. This is this is how you're not allowed to ride. Here's, Here's Chris. Here's Dardanes. Here's Chris Dardanes. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um but it, the the instances that they come up with, I I encourage you to watch. They do address the um, the drop down rule, and they're they're making it more, you know, more. They're penalizing the guy on top dropping down the legs quicker, more often. That's a good. Yeah, that's great. That's How a good come direction. They don't to go. address parallel riding though. How come they don't address? The, remember, I remember the, like, don't you remember being coached like work out to the side? Don't um, you know, you can't ride on top. Remember, like parallel, like that was like a thing that was like just said all the oh, time. That well, was, it should be. What? Where? When did that just get taken away and be like that's actually not a thing anymore? Because yeah, you they're not could, gonna. Yeah, they're not gonna call you for that anymore. Oh, it's it's painful. It's painful. I don't know. I don't know who decided that's uh, the worst. The worst is when a guy is on his belly and the other guy's laying completely parallel on his back, and the guy on top is like grabbing wrists, like. I'll grab this wrist. No, I'll grab this wrist. No, two on one, this one. You're not fooling anybody. You're not working. <laughs> we know you're what you're working. doing. We know what you're doing. And they just let it go. It's oh, well, go. he's working for something. It's control, oh. Willie. Oh. Willie, oh. what if I told you they were controlling him? Would Ooh. that change what you think? They're controlling him, Willie, so that makes it okay. That's like the argument for anything about folk-style well, boredom. It's, it's a sport of control. Okay. Okay. Congratulations. You can hold yeah, someone down. Right. right. Also, uh, the rest of the country changed the channel. Yes. Yes. The rest of the nation is bored to tears. Uh, okay. We, we already kind of – we hated a little on the uh, the near fall change a little bit the last time we did it. Yeah. So I don't want to get to it. Uh, let's not – All right. Let's just say one sentence on it. Four-point near fall uh, instead of three-point near fall is stupid because – uh, it's not going to encourage any. Who who said who said that? Well, you know, three point near fall ain't worth it. Oh, it's four points. I'm really going to put the extra effort in. I'm really going to take that risk. Yeah, it's like uh, it, it's it's the ultimate tone deaf um, change because it shows a complete lack of of what the actual problems are. We're trying to create action on top. We're trying to create action well, on top. Well, okay. 
Three, the three-point near fall was already... That's the highest value you can score in folk-style wrestling is three points. There's no there's no other way to score more. So it was already the most incentivized point allotment, okay, as it was. So it's like, it's like making it... They may as well have made it 60 points for the near fall. It was already super, super incentivized. It doesn't make sense. All, and the fact that they think that's going to solve the problems and they don't recognize the the problems that they're causing otherwise i just i just don't get it and i understand they'll say it's simple two count is um two points and four count is four okay simple what whatever it's not a problem it's like this car doesn't have an engine and you gave it a sick paint job it's like okay (laughs) it doesn't run though guys it's not gonna start so why don't they just make it two counts two and three is three and end it there and four is four, and five is five. No, no, and six no four is six. and four. There's no four. There's no four. Because especially in folk style, where you, oh, it's so boring. They don't score any points. You're gonna hit well, as soon as somebody hits a headlock in the first period. It's six zero match over. I mean, it's, you're not coming back. Well, it's over. The match is over. Five zero six zero. What's the difference? Not not. A, it's not a major difference there. It, it's well, just. Still, it's not about. It's worth. A takedown is essentially worth three or four takedowns with the escapes involved. I mean. Yeah. And I, I just don't know what this solves. When you look at the glaring issues of this sport, who's saying that, you know, it was already so incentivized. So, like I said, I don't want to yeah, let's move on. belabor let's... that point. But watch that rules video, guys. Retweet if you cry every time. Um. <laughs> Moving on, dude. Yesterday, listen. This, I don't. Yesterday was awesome. I don't want flow. Flow Wrestling Radio Live is never gonna be a let's pump up our content and drive you to it. But you can't not talk about Cole Adams. We've. I don't know if we've ever talked about a premium piece at length before on here. I don't think we will. It's just not what we want to do. But I really encourage you guys to watch it, and most of you have. The response was insane, and. Uh, I, I just thought it, it was it was such an incredible job by our editing team. Reed Connell was the guy who who put who basically tells this story and Bader you know shoots it with with Carrie. It, it was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal and it was enlightening to learn. I learned so much about Carrie's background as a, a you know. I learned up. I learned a lot too, and also um, it, part of the part of the attraction to me was Carrie Collot's personality. You know, you, the way he talks, um, the way he thinks, uh, that was really like spellbinding to me. Yeah, the whole thing. And the best, I mean, the here's what makes it great. Um, and as good as the editors are and as good as the shots were, that was, it felt like 85% of that was like home video footage provided uh, by Carrie, basically, for the yeah. most part. I mean, that is what made it, I mean... Had they not filmed all this stuff, you know, him cutting weight as a, well, look like a teenager. I mean, that's crazy, like, that we have that. Especially, you know, I'm not trying to say Carrie's old, but, like, not everyone had a video camera then. Mm. It wasn't like a cell phone is now where everything is can be chronicled. So I felt like you really, really saw it and saw how life for Carrie was and, you know, the story about him almost, you know, dying or whatever with the dumpster. Uh, I, I just... It, it was incredible, and it, it makes me 
all the more excited for episode two, which I believe comes out next week. So I, I just wanted to mention that, uh, Willie. I don't know if you have anything else to say. I'm excited. I'm actually going to be going no, to Campbell. You know, yeah, that's right before Super Thirty Two. You're going right to before. Camp? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to do. The, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'm going to go to Campbell, uh, NC State, and UNC. I think in that order. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then Super Thirty Two. So it's going to be a slam packed five days. Uh, but I can't wait to see. Campbell's got good stuff going, and we already know that UNC and NC State have things moving. So good stuff going in Carolina wrestling in general, and uh, excited to see what they have going on at Campbell. You realize Carolina has the second most Division One programs? Crazy, right? Crazy. I mean, Virginia's got to be and, up there, and, too. And pretty awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. They've got a bunch, and uh, yeah, VA's not far behind either. They've got to have. Yeah, got a bunch. Yeah, got a pile of them. Um, they probably they might be the top three. Uh, PA, Pennsylvania, Carolina. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, baby. probably. I don't know. Commonwealth um, represent. Um, yeah, but the the interesting thing, another interesting thing about the Colot thing is, this was like you would, I was glued to episode one, right? And that's technically that's not the juice. It's not the, the juice. The juice is coming in episode two. I was kind of like bummed. I was like. I was like, man, I got to wait because I really – I just want to see how he got hosed three times. And I've heard all these stories, but I've never really heard him tell it. Right, and I don't think anybody's heard him tell it. And and um, in the trailer, he says, I haven't told it. You guys are getting it. So, yeah. um, you know, you hear these stories and, and you think you know a little bit about it. But I think in episode two, we're going to hear about some audacious, audacious things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so – so that came out yesterday, and also the senior class rankings came out. Yeah, you did that. You did that. Your your big board's out. My The first thing that jumped off the page to me was um, Nick Suriano mm-hmm. dropping. Um, and I don't know that I understand why, why he would drop from where he was uh, the previous time. Um yeah, I guess I could see that. I mean, you you say that you know these are more or less an, an evaluate uh, an evaluation of where you see these guys um, and mm-hmm. how good you think they are. So, what may I ask? You know, changed about well, that? Suriano for... went from three to six. Yeah, but that's significant in the top six. I mean, it's one thing to go from thirty-eight to forty-one, but you know. Uh, I don't know what he did, or specifically, well, Luke. The problem is, it's what he didn't do. Okay, I, I get it. He doesn't wrestle much, but it's not like Luke Pletcher's been everywhere, has he? Uh, I mean, Pletcher, you, was, Pletcher was to a couple places, and and you know, you can say he got pinned by Red, but he wrestled a great tournament. He he wrestled. He was controlling Red, um, uh, the first period pretty much. He got controlled. him behind Red. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness gracious! This PA bias. Well, let me... This PA bias. Oh my gracious! Yeah, oh it's so gracious. PA bias that uh, I dropped a couple of PA guys. But yeah. anyway, um, Nick Reenan up to two now. Kids from Texas. Um, State PA. Well, let me say this too. Um, Pletcher. If Pletcher was a forty-one, I don't think he's a forty-one. If Pletcher's a 33, I have him as the fifth best recruit in the class. If he's a 41, I have him considerably lower and maybe behind red or, or at least around red. So 
Okay. Uh, it, it has a lot to do with. Do we know for sure that Chad Red's not a thirty-three? Uh, well, Red said he's a forty-one. He said he's going forty-one. Okay. Interesting. I do. Yeah. So he's... you know, um, a lot of times in these rankings, they're sort of in tiers, and it's you know it's subjective. It's it's it, you know like I said, Pletcher has a value for me at thirty-three. He has a different value for me at forty-one. Okay. You, you did well. Um, but now, for Suriano. Yeah, Suriano, I mean. Um, He's the number 125 on here. Yeah. Well, all those guys ahead of him are the number one for their weight. Uh, so, uh, you know, Suriano's going to probably wind up a 33-pounder eventually, don't you think? Yeah, and, and if Suriano winds up a 33-pounder, he probably goes lower on this list, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, lower? Yeah, why would he go higher? Uh, ahead of, I mean, I feel like he's a ahead of a Pletcher type. You don't. If if you were at like if Luke Pletcher's a thirty three pounder and Suriano's a thirty three pounder, I'm taking Pletcher every day of the week. Wow, wow. Why would you not? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it seems to me like Suriano's yeah a little bit better, but maybe not. Maybe that's not the case. I mean, he beat. Beating some good guys. I know you may not like how much he does or doesn't wrestle, but I think when he's wrestled, he's proven to be. Um... Uh, listen, I have the kid sixth in the country. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good wrestler. I have him sixth in the country. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Right. I'm just saying. Uh, I. I mean, I take Pletcher over, and uh, here's another thing. Now, both of those guys, really, Pletcher and Soriano, neither one really put up points. Um, no. You know, I don't know. Soriano wins a lot of a lot of 6-3 matches. Right. Completely against, controls, gets against, the takedowns, never scored on. Against high school sophomores that aren't even ranked. Um, and do he dominates the match. He dominates the match, right? But uh, – you know, we've we've seen it at NCAA level. You could use bonus points. Bonus points are a premium. Yeah. So, I just think maybe some of these other guys um, could be more valuable. And and uh, you know, I I think I think maybe Suriano is a guy that takes third or fourth at the NCAs a bunch of times, but maybe never gets a the chip. You know. Mm. Okay. So, um, but then again, I listen. This isn't. Don't make this into Willie doesn't like Nick Soriano because I have him as the sixth best recruit on the planet, in America. So In America. Okay. All right. F- fair enough. I haven't got to dive into these as deep as I would have liked at this point. We're coming up on six minutes to go, Willie. And uh, we appreciate you guys um, tuning in. We had to back it up um, for various reasons outside of our control. Uh, we appreciate your flexibility there. Uh, a couple of D1 tidbits, I guess, um, Willie. Send them. What'd you say? I said send them. Send the tidbits. Send the tidbits. They're, they're on the docky doc. Um, I know. Johnny Sebastian going down to 65. Um, which... I saw a picture of him, too. He looks lean, boy. Does he? I mean, when, remember, like, when he was in high school, you know, he's playing football. He's wrestling 82. He's a little, little, he has a little gravy on his biscuit. He is lean now. He's lean, and, and uh, I think he's going to be really good at 65. 65's, uh, if you can get to this weight, that might be the one of the spots to be, especially, I mean, 74 
You know, he's. Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know how much uh, what the ceiling is for him as a as a redshirt freshman. I'm just saying, as a redshirt freshman, I think Sebastian will have a solid season. I agree. I think he's got a chance to place it at 165. Whereas, a 74, he's going to have a tough round of 12 match with a, you know, a, a Meyer or a Walters or a Mahomes, uh, kind of uh, Matt Miller, mm-hmm. Ricky Robertson, like tough, tough guys. Whereas, you look at 65. I'm not sure it's quite quite as tough and you know 74 is just a little deeper if you can get there speaking um, of what do you make of what do you make of real buto's move i what do i make of it well it's kind of crazy i never viewed him as this large 57 Mm-mm. particularly no. um but i thought about it and i think he's i think he'll transition excellently um, what do but, you got away? What do you got away to wrestle seventy four? Ninety. I wonder if he, yeah, he might be able to get up to 90, 85, You know, I I heard he's huge. You know, we saw Blaze Butler um, make the jump up this exact jump from fifty seven to Blaze Butler is yoked. Yeah, dog. But I mean, have you seen those Cornell guys? They're all jacked. They all. I mean, they've got a great strength and conditioning program there. Um, we don't know how much he was cutting. Um, he's not. Cornell has a lot of questions. So many. Like, okay, we were on Gabe Dean watch. That's one thing, right? Yeah, Gabe Dean watch. Nashawn uh, watch. Robuto up. Now, Nashawn comes to 33. Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? I mean, it's nothing for sure. I. Oh, it's not? No. I thought that was locked and loaded. Nah, nah. I, I, it's my guess right now, um, but I, I don't think they even know right now. At Cornell. I mean, they've got Macri. Basically, they've got Macri, Nashon, and Gray. Basically, a two weights. If Well, if Gray doesn't wrestle, who wrestles 41? I'm guessing Gray will. Because I, I don't... Wouldn't that be the best case scenario for them to their, with their personnel? Not, Macri, Nashon, Gray? Not for Mark Gray, but yeah. Um, I think it would be. I think Gray would be fine at 41. I, I know his, last year... His main question is health. I know last year, listen, last year he wasn't, let's just say he wasn't good, but he was not healthy. He right. wasn't himself. No, he had he had pretty significant surgery in the offseason. So I'd love to see Mark have a healthy season and see what he can, because he's someone I've been pretty high on, like typically, and you know I think he's good. But you know what? This The level you have to be at and healthy to have success is it's a really hard one to reach. So we'll see if you have, but yeah, you're right about Cornell. A ton of question marks. Ton. Um, I'm excited to watch a guy like Joey Galasso while we're talking Cornell. <laughs> Joey is fun. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward What's to What's he going? Is he going 40, 57, 49? 40, 49. Is he? That's word on these streets. Alex Cisneros is taking this entrepreneurship Don't. to, to new level, so he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's out in the business sector or something now. So 97 came out today. Have fun with that. As we're coming up on the two-minute Brett Farr up. Brett Farr. Um, yeah, he's up. It's crazy. He went from like <laughs> 16th to 6th. Someone texted me. They're like, you have to be trolling us right now with this Farr ranking. No, I'm absolutely not trolling anybody. <laughs> and my invitation to all of you is as you criticize my rankings, which I, I invite, I invite solutions. I invite 
rationale. Okay, Brett Favre shouldn't be number six. Okay, well, that means someone has to be ahead of him. And right directly behind him, I have one A. Bayala, who I love, I think is great. This guy's out here losing to Jace Bennett. Cannon Google with- losses. He, no Google losses for, for no A. Google losses? No. Dude, that's, a, that's a thing now. People love I, that. I like Google losses, guys. We're, uh, I can't believe it took us. We have one minute left in the show, and this is the first time we've said Google losses. Well, they haven't come up. Um, but, yeah, A by all, no Google losses. But, you know, Jace Bennett, he loses to Cannon Bethea. He loses to um, James Fox, Timmy McCall, Polizzi, who was not good last year. So he has losses. Uh, without the great wins, you know. Right. So criticize the far thing, and then get back to Christian on on what your solution is, because you don't have one. There is no solution. There is no solution. Brett Favre is number six. Okay. I promise. Well, I promise that from now on, once a show, I will force uh, the term Google losses to come up. Yeah. No, yeah. Google losses, and if you don't know what those are, those are when you. you I'm looking at results. I'm saying he lost to. Wait, who is this guy? And you got to Google him. That's a Google loss because it's someone you have never even heard of, and you read wrestling results all day. Christian, we are out of time. We did, but um, we had this like little note in here. It's completely a non sequitur, but I want to make people aware of it. We had our we had our season our flow season planning meeting last week. And there is a weekend, December 19th, that is crazy with high school, college, and the U.S. Open. So make your plans for that weekend. I'd like to see a lot of people at the U.S. Open. I'd like to see a lot of people everywhere. But that weekend in particular, we just want to put a little asterisk there that the December 19th weekend is going to be insane. Yeah, we're, I think we're going to have to hire like nine more people. I think Martin's actually going to have to go and uh, <laughs> you know run a camera at Reno Tournament of Champions. Uh, hey, we really appreciate you guys. Loose and listening. thanks, Tony Ramos. Thank you, Tony Ramos. That was awesome. Glad he came on. Um, maybe we should have more guests, Willie. I don't know. I was kind of anti-guest, well, but then we had okay. Askren and Tony, and now I'm like, let's guest it up. But it's got to be the right guest. It's got to be the most right guest. Guests, most guests don't know how to talk. They don't say anything uh, interesting. But uh, Tony Ramos and Ben Askren. Um, they did a great job. They, Willie, they, you don't know this, but I'm playing the outro music, so we, re- we can't even talk anymore. All right. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.